Final segment of Canuck Central. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. A lot of people are mad at uh, Adidas. Adidas. Nobody, nobody Adidas, Dan. It knows Adidas. That's, uh, that's how the Italians would say it. Adidas. This is not... So, wait, wait. Well, growing up, you didn't say Adidas, Sat? No, I, we said Adidas. Oh. I feel like you make things up sometimes, too. You're like, <laughs> that's how like they would say it. But the thing is, he says it with such confidence that you're like, well, he's, he's got to be right. This is not true. <laughs> but no, here, here's the thing, Dan. Like, isn't Adidas German? Uh, it is, but, you know. When... So why would you pronounce it in Italian? Because when people would say it that I know with, with an Italian <laughs> accent, you know, uh, Adidas. But it's just like, like I mean, at the best of times, the Italian accent thing might get a little bit, you know what? But then, like when you when you start using like German names and brands in Italian, that's when you start losing people. This is like the Barcelona thing again, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I had somebody come up to me like, it's, even people in Barcelona don't say Barcelona; they say Barcelona. Well, I know they don't. But when I would watch like Italy play, or like when I would watch Juventus play. Um, uh, Barcelona, and you know, I, I, I would always watch it in on the Italian channel, and the Italian commentators would always say Barcelona. So that's the way I always ended up saying it. Fair enough. And my dad used to say it that way too. So that's yeah, just right, how it there goes. You go. That makes sense. Uh, that's <laughs> terrible explanation. Uh, all right. So tomorrow the Canucks have the uh, Florida Panthers. We'll try to get back into the win column. Joining us now to preview the Panthers, it's Ed Jovanoski, former Canucks defenseman and Fox Panthers analyst. Uh, thanks for this, Ed. How's it going? Hey, guys. Everything's good. Everything's good. Hockey's back on. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, Vancouver tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting start. The, the fans here in Vancouver are already uh, riding the roller coasters, as really? you would imagine. After those first two games, and that was a that was a treat, man. Watching, you know, watching them play. I really didn't really see the the, the last, uh, you know, couple, but you know, it's the way it goes. I did see Talk's interview though. Yeah, he was uh, he was not too happy after the the Philadelphia game. They just kind of they kind of laid an egg. Uh, from from a player's perspective, was that first like playing on the West Coast that first game? playing uh, on an eastern road trip where the legs always a little heavier in those types of situations absolutely and uh, you always you always think of that especially now you don't really think about it actually when you're you know you're active playing but kind of sitting aside you know going vancouver traveling you know over to the to the east it might take a little bit uh you know to get moving a little bit and it is a long travel day and and you know with the time change and might take you a period, you know, or so to kind of get in the game. Sometimes it might be too late after that period, be chasing the game. And, you know, it kind of looked like, uh, you know, that's what kind of happened in that game. I saw bits and pieces of it. What do you make of early season hockey in general, Jovo? Like, you know, we, we look at games and sample sizes and, you know, we try to draw some conclusions, but it's always the game changes so much from the first, you know, five, ten games of the season, 20 games till we get later in the year. So how do you go about evaluating how teams play this early on? Well, I think you got to kind of look at it as just that. I mean, early on in the season, I think you're seeing a lot of line juggling when teams aren't kind of performing or getting guys going or guys aren't scoring early on, you know, you start changing lineups, uh, you know, lines 
and you have a little bit of you know time in there to kind of develop chemistry. But I, I think for the most part, guys, I, I think guys are so you know in shape now and starting the season that you're not seeing. I mean, obviously it's going to intensify as as the season goes along, but for the most part, from what I've kind of seen with the Panthers over on this side. The hockey's been pretty good. Pretty good game yesterday, uh, you know, versus Toronto. Good atmosphere. Um, and it had kind of, you know, that intensity that at moments looked like kind of mid-season form. But, yeah, you can pick out, you know, instances instances during a game where it does look a little bit sloppy, choppy. Guys are missing passes. Guys are missing assignments a little bit more frequently than you would see kind of midway through a hockey season. Yeah, it can feel a little bit chaotic at times, uh, I guess, in the first couple weeks of the season. But, you know, as as we know, the year goes on and then teams kind of hunker down and they start looking at the standings like, oh, we got to we got to at least grind out a point here. And, and we see coaches really, you know, get in and, and start to want to see more of uh, the defensive hockey that we tend to see when it gets to March, April and then certainly in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's you know, kind of par for the course. I, I think early on, obviously as a team, you know, especially, you know, hear Matthew Kachuk talking about it yesterday. Hey, listen, this point, you know, winning this game, you know, are huge right now because last year they, they scratch and claw, you know, to get into the playoffs. So the, the points right now are so crucial to bag them, you know, especially on home ice, you want to take care of that area. But um, yeah, you don't want to get into that kind of chase mode where you're kind of chasing that playoff spot right from the get-go. So I think it's imperative for teams to, as best as they can, be prepared to play and put their best foot forward to try to get points early on in the season here. Well, and we know in Vancouver, for instance, uh, the coach Rick Tockett, after the second game in Edmonton, he put the guys through a tough practice, and then when they had the poor showing in Philly, he really ripped into the team. He mentioned how he didn't want to say it was soft, but essentially said it was soft. He was disappointed with how they played. When you pull a card like that early in the season, how much does that get the attention of the guys? Well, it gets their attention pretty quick. <clears throat> you know, I, I think you, you just look at the way that talk played, and I don't think he has any room for you know, guys playing scared or soft or whatever the case may be because his, his intensity was always there, right. you know, as a player and his coaching staff was, you know, for that matter. So, um, you, you know, he was almost hesitant, obviously. He doesn't like the word, use the word soft, but, you know, I think directing it to an area where if you do play scared, that was the case, but if you are kind of losing those 50-50 battles, you're kind of second to pucks, you're just a little disconnected, you know, it kind of puts the coach in a position to say, okay, what's going on? And I think for him early on in, in the year is, is an area where I, I think you can call out, I guess, per se, in that situation and grab the, the player's attention. I didn't see the game last night. I don't know if they responded a lot better, but I, I know, you know, when I've been called out by coaches or uh, – teams I've been part of that have been called out it definitely grabs your attention you want to play harder the next game can teams take on the the identity of their coach you know you, you mentioned Tockett as a player do you do you think the Canucks can develop an identity where they play like Tockett used to play well we tried to do that in Phoenix we tried to play like Gretzky but it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> you know but um yeah listen I I, I think Tock's got a certain style and I, I think you know, for for a team that has the skill that Vancouver does, I don't think you can 
necessarily just win with that. You have to have that grind factor in your game. You got to be able to play hard. You got to be tenacious on pucks. You got to be willing to work as a group. And I think that's probably what the message was. You know, you can't have passengers. Uh, you might be able to get away with having one passenger a night, but when you have a bunch of them, you know, things are going to go sideways pretty quick for you during a game. So uh, what, what was Gretz like as a coach? Seriously, Jovo. You know, I, you know, it's, listen, I, I, his passion for the game is just as you hear him talk in interviews, you know, today, he loves the game. He loves everything about the game. He thinks the game, the talent that's out there. Uh, and he always kind of pays respect oh, just to the talent level of the game today, just what guys are doing, you know. But I, I think for him, he always was that guy that um, had the players' backs. You know, he always wished well on players. And he really had a soft spot for young players because we all know Wayne, what he did at such a young age. Uh, maybe to a fault at sometimes where the guys weren't ready, but he would play him quite a bit. Uh, but overall, you know, Wayne's a hockey guy. He's done so much for the game, and his passion for the game was uh, was second to none. That's for sure. That's what I remember about Wayne. You know, being behind the bench. What was the most common theme you had with the best coaches who coached you in terms of how they got guys to not only buy in but also impart the message in terms of how they wanted to play? Well. I think it's a fine line. You know, first, I guess, talking that fine line of being that coach and being, you know, someone, I, I'm not, not going to say a buddy, but um, I, I think when I look at a coach, the coach I had, uh, Dave Tippett in Phoenix, he, I, the accountability playing in, in, in Arizona just wasn't there from the media. Different than Vancouver when if you're not playing well, you know, the whole province will know about it. You know, so I, I think when you look at like Tippett did, he would have every five game segment chances for, chances against, and you'd be either plus or minus in those categories. And stats and video doesn't lie. You know, so I think that was an area where, you know, I thought Tip was great because it really kind of, you, you didn't have to be told by anyone kind of what was going on. It was right there in front of you. Hey, listen, I need to pick up my game. I'm getting X amount of ice time. I'm not producing chances, and I have many chances against. And um, but I, I, you know, I think I think nowadays the coaches they really are in a tough spot. I think the the game, the landscape has has changed a lot as a whole. You just got to be careful on how you approach, you know, certain situations. You know, as we all know, it's you know it's you know guys have voice now. You know, I think if you know, things get a little bit too hairy. You guys are voicing their opinions and, and everything kind of breaks out. And that's the unfortunate thing because I really think coaches, you know, are there to get the best out of their players. And sometimes it's going to be that tough love that you're going to have to get, you know, to get you to play your game. And Mark Crawford example, in my case, we'd get a few matches on the bench. <laughs> yeah. But I would be able to take that and kind of translate that to going on the ice and saying, you know what, you crow, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, I'm going to show you. Well, we had that kind of respect for each other. Um, but overall, I think the passion that, that Rick and his, and his coaching staff have is the better part for this organization. I think players just, um, my feeling and just you know, talking to, to players, it's, it, 
you, you want fairness from the coach. You, you can be hard on me, but um, there needs to be a feeling of you're looking out for what's best for me and for, for the team in general. Yeah, that's, that's a very fair you know, point. And, and I think um, you know, a lot of the players now don't mind you know, some criticism here and there, but I think having that fair aspect um, is a crucial part and it goes a long way with players. And just like coaches sometimes can see through players, players can see through coaches as well. You know, so it kind of works both ways. But I look at, when I look at uh, talk, and I had him in Arizona, um, he's sincere. You know, he, he cares about playing the right way and he has a vision on how his team should play. And when he sees something differently, you know, what, what happens, you know, in that short span of time where your game completely changes. Now, mind you, you're going to have off games. No one's mm-hmm. going to play 82 unbelievable games. You're going to have off nights where just not right from the drop of the puck, things are just not working. But I think um, when you have a couple games like they did versus Edmonton, you know it's there. So the expectations rise, and you kind of expect that out of your group day in, day out. Now, one of the things, too, about talking, when a guy like him, for instance, a guy that obviously he would he would fight anybody as tough as anybody who played in the game, he, he loved battles. When a, when a coach like that calls players out for not playing hard enough, does it sink harder when you know the guy has done those things when he played the game? Yeah, I always thought, it was, I always thought that you know, when a coach you know, had some harsh words and, and would talk about a certain way and, and he actually lived it, you know, we would we would believe it more. But when you had a guy out there that's never played a hockey game in his life and it was just gone the coaching ranks, he's never lived it. You know, so yeah, there's there's some meaning to that, absolutely. And Rick's done it, done it for many years. I know he beat the snot out of me one time. So <laughs> I mean I, I know how I know how tough he is. So I think someone that's lived it, done it, won championships, knows what it takes to win, um, it's coming from the right place. Ed Jovanovski, our guest here on uh, on Canuck Central. So uh, what do you make of the Panthers so far? Well, you know, they got a couple tough, uh, you know, injuries. Actually, three of them that are, are key cogs on the team. With Montour, Eppelad, and Bennett, unfortunately, getting hurt in a – exhibition game we all know what we think about exhibition season um but yeah i think from from the start i think you look at the minnesota game they, they from the echo they they outshot minnesota basically two to one in that game gustafson was excellent in that game <clears throat> kind of had a stinker game in in winnipeg um the first 40 minutes in new jersey they looked like the stanley cup florida panthers um and yesterday had an excellent game right from start excuse me, right from the start, right to the finish of the game, they played a solid 60 minutes, great atmosphere in the building. Um, you know, you never know what to expect in that game with with Florida knocking out, you know, Toronto in, in the playoffs last year. But, you know, Toronto definitely doesn't look like they're in sync as of right now and Florida looks like they've kind of come, you know, around the corner here early on playing the right way. Now, we know that uh, the Panthers are going through a number of injuries, too, on their back end, and one of the players they signed was a former Vancouver Canuck, Oliver ekman and he's already logging big minutes. He's picked up points. Yeah. How, how has he looked so far since joining the Panthers? He, he's been excellent. You know, I spent some time with OEL yesterday before the game. You know, he's excited. He's healthy. He's feeling good. 
and he's going to get ample opportunity here early on in the season to to play a lot of minutes. And I don't know if it's going to be as much as he wants it, but I think he's going to you know have to be out there just kind of what the situation on the back end is here right now. But yeah, he's he's moving the puck well. He's been good positionally. Um, we all know what kind of shot he's got, kind of a little rifter kind of through the, you know, does a great job kind of finding that lane, getting it through. So, you know, that far as early four games in, he, um, he's definitely looked pretty good. I uh, I just watched this fight with you and Tockett. Yeah, you you weren't lying. He got he got you pretty good. Yeah, he was hit. He was, he was hit <laughs> me with so many lefts. I was begging for his right. <laughs> Was he like? Where does he rank among the toughest guys you fought? Well, I think he's just that pit bull, right? That pit right. bull mentality. He's not the biggest guy, and he almost he's like you guys remember the name Rob DeMaio. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rob DeMaio was a smaller guy, but you drop the gloves with this guy, you're like, oh my god, I didn't know what it was getting into because he <laughs> certainly doesn't look like a fighter. And Tots one of those guys; he can score, but when he fought. You know, he kind of went at it, sink his head right near his chest and start throwing both hands. And, um, you know, he was definitely the ultimate competitor. And you can see the intensity on his on his face when he coaches. He's uh, got that badass look on his face, and he's always looks like he's so intense. And that's what happens. I, I think when you have a coach that's behind the bench that's won, kind of been through those trenches and grinded it out, I, I think that you have that kind of mentality as a coach where you want to kind of project that onto your players and, and get the most out of them as you can. 20-year-old Jovo going up against uh, the wily vet Rick Tockett in 1996. Wow, this is one hell of a bout. I love it. Uh, Jovo, uh, it's always great catching up. Uh, all the best, and uh, good luck with the call tomorrow. All right, guys, anytime. There is uh, Ed Jovanovsky still feeling the uh, effects of his fight from 1996 <laughs> against Rick Tockett, Boston Bruins Rick Tockett. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting one. Tockett Tockett is a hell of a fighter, though. Like for a guy who oh, scored yeah. over 400 goals in his career, he could really lay him down. Oh, I mean, if you don't if you don't want to take our word for it, just go spend a spend a few minutes or a couple hours going through his fights on YouTube, and there are ample fights you can find. I mean, the man almost racked up three thousand penalty minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he, he's and I mean, he's one of those guys too. I mean, you hear the stories about Rick Tockett, how like he took a puck to the face, had a broken jaw, and then he came back out again, and then still blocked a shot with his face. I mean, just the type of player that he was, he'd play through essentially anything. And sometimes having a guy like that is almost like. It's like, dude, none of us can be as tough as you were. Like, come on, like, you know, you can't ask me to do what you did because, like, you're literally one of the very few people that can actually survive and handle that. So sometimes I can go too far, but like Rick, like um, Joe will mention, tough guy to go up against. But when a guy like that tells you you're not working hard enough, you're not, you know, sacrificing enough, it's hard to disagree with him when he knows what that sacrifice looks like. Yeah, and. uh yeah, it's it's also like Jovo joked about you know his uh, Arizona teams with with Gretzky as coach. Mm-hmm. You know, Gretz can impart all the knowledge in the world, but you know we all know Wayne Gretzky just sees things on the ice that other players and people don't. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just who Gretz was. So maybe that's why it didn't quite work out for Gretzky as a coach. But uh, should be a good one tomorrow with the uh, Canucks and the Florida Panthers. The only. Panther with more ice time than Oliver Ekman Larson so far this year is Gustav Forsling. So 
The Panthers are doing okay with a uh, a bunch of former Canucks on their back end right now, Sat. Yeah, it's it's helping out, it seems like. Now, we'll see as the season goes on. I think when we look at OEL, for instance, even last year, at the beginning of the year, it wasn't like he was he was terrible, but it just kind of like got worse and worse and worse. And we saw him play his best hockey the year prior, his first year in Vancouver, for the first 20, 30 games. And as the season started getting longer and more was asked of him, you saw it was a diminishing return in terms of his performance on the ice. And that's why I would, I would I would generally pump the brakes on a lot of stuff this early in the season. And I wish OEL the best. Like, I mean, I'm not rooting against the guy. I mean, it'd be a great story for him to get bought out and rekindle his career and, and have a great year with the Panthers and perhaps go on to greater things. It's just I don't think we've seen enough to to be able to declare that he's figured it out and that he's back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we all know the story with the, with the contract. This was the year where it was most beneficial to go through the buyout process with Oliver ekman Larson, at least from the Canucks cap perspective. It was either that or wait it out for the next mm-hmm. four years, potentially, with how his cap hit would have progressed with a buyout. Uh, all right, you'll hear us tomorrow in the lead-up to the Florida Panthers game. Actually, it'll be uh, Sat and Bick on the pregame at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon here on Sportsnet 650 and across the Sportsnet radio network. I'll be on color alongside Batch for tomorrow's game against the Florida Panthers. For producer Josh Elliott-Wolf, my co-host Sat, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canuck Central. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.